beautiful music this morning. I want to play something for you. I'm not going to sing. I just, just want to play, and I want you to listen to something very carefully, okay? Do you hear it? It's called the bass line. Listen for the bass line. A bass line in music is provided by low registered strings or instruments. There's not a lot of bass line going on on a mandolin or a banjo. Bass lines are provided by cellos. Uh, a bass fiddle, and the low strings. They rarely lead anything in music. They don't play around. They're behind the scenes. But they allow the support for all that beautiful, higher registry stuff. Don't you love to hear a good bass guitar? hitting that beat. When I think of men and I think of fathers, I think of bass lines. Low. Steady. Supportive. Not out in front. Behind the scenes. For the higher registered females. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> I just couldn't resist, could I? Hey, I love that high pitch and those high registered notes that you ladies bring to life. And don't you love to play them according to the backdrop of the bass line? Isn't that beautiful? Get that high mandolin going and you need that bass fiddle in the background. You know, there's a psalm that says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. In fact, there's a little song, Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of... And it kind of steps up with it. That's the King James rendering of it, the steps of a good man. Uh, the ESV drops the word good and just says the steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. So I, I needed to look that up, and good is not in the original Hebrew, so ESV was right in dropping it. But it didn't satisfy me because I wondered, that's a little strange, that the steps of a man. So I looked up the Hebrew for the word man, and it's the Hebrew word gibor, gibor, and it means a warrior. It means strong, with the ability and willingness to fight. That made more sense to me. I brought with me my favorite sword. It's actually a French bayonet from World War II. It's not going to add a lot to the sermon. I just like to hold it when I preach to men. But really, this is a manly weapon. Uh, it's actually a fascinating design, sharp point. It has four different columns running down the length of it. Purpose being, when it's stuck into a man and pulled back out, 
it creates a wound that is very difficult for blood to clot. The idea your opponent's bleeds to death. That's the design of the French bayonet. We men were designed to be warriors, to be soldiers, to be fighters, to be strong, to be baseline. I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 4, if you will. 1 Peter chapter 4, and I want to talk to you about manliness and about fatherhood out of a passage in in 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, because it is important, gentlemen, what we do as fathers. Can I show you why? This says Avonlea on it. I want to show you the other side to show you the importance of being the dad you need to be. Do you see that? Those little handprints won't stay little forever. And they're watching us as fathers and as grandfathers and as men. And they need our strength. They need our wisdom. They need our input. They need our presentness. They need us, and that's why. Uh, Joyce, who I don't see this morning, colored me this picture. And it says this, a smooth sea never needs a skilled sailor. A smooth sea doesn't need a skilled sailor, but gentlemen, you know there is not going to be a smooth sea in most of life. And we as men, as fathers, need to be very skilled in what we do, understanding our place in the family structure, in the structure of this church, in the structure of our lives, and how those little ones, grandchildren and children are looking to us to add the baseline of support and strength in their lives. They need us because there's rough seas. Poor Lorelai was a mess when she got up here to sing this morning. If you notice how nervous she was, and all of a sudden, about a a minute into it, she just all of a sudden just kind of relaxed and sang and enjoyed the song. Kids go through all this stuff, and they experience what we experienced growing up, and they need us. They need our strength. 1 Peter chapter 4 says this. The end of all things is at hand. Notice the verse does not say the end of all life is at hand. Neither does it say that the end of you is at hand. Because we live forever. Peter says the end of all things is presently upon us. Now that was 2,000 years ago. Was Peter wrong? I think not. True, this may mean the return of Christ when he returns, but I want you to think of it in another way. That to the Christian, the end of all this material goods and this stuff of this earth is really gone. Dads and fathers that make an impact on their children, their grandchildren, communicate this one thing. 
that earthly things are not what you value. Be very careful with that. The toys, the stuff of this earth is not where you pitch your tent and what floats your bubble. It's eternal things. It's Jesus Christ. It's not Christianity and church. It's the person and discipleship and following of the master of the universe. That is your passion. Man, that is your love. That is your great heart's desire. So that when your kids and grandchildren remember you, they don't remember a guy who just kind of went to church. They remember a man who cried when he read the scripture that talked to them about prayer, that talked to them about God's interference in their lives and what God was doing. And when you got a tough decision to make, they watch you ask the Lord, what do you think we ought to do? That Christ is everything to you. Why? Because the end of all this stuff And I like stuff as well as all you guys. We all got our toys and we love that stuff. But we must never value it above Christ himself. A hobby can replace him. A tool can replace him. A person can replace him. But gentlemen, we are warriors and fighters because we understand that the end of all this material stuff is at hand. Notice Therefore, based on the fact that this world is fleetingly flying away, therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded. That's really one expression in the Greek, and it means this, to think right, to be right in your mind. I have a little joke with all my grandkids, and they all enjoy it, and we all do it, and they understand it. It's going to sound very harsh to you, but know that they understand what I'm saying to them. I'll pull one aside and I'll say, I'll say to Lorelai, I said, I don't think there's something right with Benny. You think there's something wrong? Oh, yeah, I think there's something wrong with Benny. He don't think right. I'll pull Benny, I said, you know, Landon, I don't think he's right, right? I don't think he's right. No, he's not right. One of them said to me, Pop, you think I'm right? You think I'm right right here? I said, no, I don't think you're right either. He says, good. It's a joke we play. But gentlemen, to be right in your mind is to understand, to think correctly about this world's good and this world and the stuff of this life, to think right. I'll never forget being at a, a summer camp in Lake Sagandaga with the Selkirks. The Selkirks owned a hardware store in town and they were kind of a powerful family in town. Their grandfather was a a senator down in Albany, a congressman down in Albany. And so this was a very wealthy, well-to-do family. And I remember they had two sons. One of the sons, Doug, was my friend, and so that's why I ended up at the camp. And their dog, Fluffy, which was a beagle, I never understood why the beagle was be named Fluffy, but Fluffy went over and used the bathroom in, you know, the, the neighbor's yard. And the boys were laughing about, ah, the neighbor came out and wanted us to clean it up. Ah, they wanted us to clean it up. Old Mr. Selkirk said, well, go get a shovel and go clean it up. He thought right. The things we say, the things we do in little moments like that as dads, full of integrity, full of honor, 
full of thinking correctly about life, impacts our families. Notice it says, therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. It's implying that, that, that you are praying. Above all, notice, keep loving one another earnestly. Keep it up. Gentlemen, are you, are you lovable? Probably not. Most of us are. We all got stuff. We all got little quirks. All we got, you know, this and that, that. Daz, do you, uh, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand on this one. Daz, do, you, do the kids ever irritate you? Does your wife ever irritate Love, love, and love unconditionally with whoever God has given you in that little nest of yours as dads, the influence and power of your life. Consistently keep up the loving flow. Not because they're loving you back. Not because it's always rewarding. Rewards are, are few and far between between dad for dads. They really, I mean, they come, but keep loving. Love unconditionally. Just recently found out that the, the, the soil in my front yard isn't what it needs to be for the grass that I planted. Now, there's things I can do to help it along to keep it green and keep it going. And the lady who told me was an extension lady at the Nassau County thing. So this, this is what she does for a living. She tests soil. Told me the pH is such and such. It's high. I said, what can I do to bring it down? She said, nothing. I said, what if I bring some of this in? Won't help. What if I spray it with this? That won't help. I went about a dozen different things of how I'm going to bring the pH down and solve my grass problem. You know what she told me? She said, own your, gra- oh, own your dirt. It's yours. It's your dirt. Now go plant things that actually grow in the dirt that you got because you can't change it. So I'm going to plant honeysuckle because that grows well in high pH stuff. I'm going to have honeysuckle all over my house. It's going to just just envelop the house. Look like one of those houses in a fairy tale, just honeysuckle all over the place. With the wife that God has blessed you with, love her, love her. I almost said own her, but you can't do that. Own your life. Own your kids. You can own your kids. You can do that till they're 18. Own them. With what God's given you, work with it. Change with it. Adjust your life with it. Let it change you. Own them. Well, look at verse 8. Keep, keep, keep loving him. Notice, because love covers a multitude of sins. And there are a lot of them out there all around you. You got them all pegged, don't you? You probably got a list on your refrigerator of them. No, you don't. But you know, you might have a mental list in your mind. You know, get rid of all that. Just love. 
When you love people, you don't have time to think about their faults. When you love people and you're not out for yourself, but you're actually giving and sacrificing men, you do not have time. And guys are terrible about making jokes. Stop that. Stop that. I fight that too. You know, it's a, it's a form of passive-aggressive behavior for fellas. Many times to make fun of their wives or fun of their kids or fun of people. Don't do that. They're different than us. Thank God they're different than us. They say things, gentlemen, that we never would say and think thoughts that we never would think. Thank God for that. Nor to show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied or manifold grace. Notice, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God, notice, God may be glorified. That's the goal of manhood, that's the goal of fatherhood, that God would be glorified in using your life and the lives of your kids and your wives. I found this upstairs, I couldn't help but bring it down and put it on. This is what, gentlemen, we are never to do. Stop that. Just stop it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the dads and fathers in this place, for the men. Some of the manliest men I know are sitting right here with us who love you, follow you, have hearts after you, who lead their families in godliness and in strength, supporting and loving their wives and loving their children. And Lord, I encourage them to continue in that pursuit, that by your spirit you would give them sufficient grace to be the dads and fathers. I pray for any dad and any man, really anyone here today who's never given their heart to Jesus Christ. That's the starting place of true manhood, true womanhood, is to find the master and savior of their souls. I pray that you'd open hearts for that this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you for the men in our midst, the dads. Bless them this day. May they hug their kids, hug their grandchildren, hug their wives, and love their families. In Jesus' name.